Welcome to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Dr. Shannon Ritchie. I'm a physical therapist, fitness expert, owner of Evlo Fitness. And today we are talking about a cool principle that will allow you to see muscular results faster. If you learned something from this podcast, if you wouldn't mind, please, pretty please sharing it with a friend or reviewing, I would be eternally grateful. I put a ton of work and research and thought into these podcasts, into these episodes every week, and um, we don't receive or we don't take any advertising. So I would very, very much appreciate your help in growing this podcast. Your reviews mean so much to me. So this is going to be a dense, but in my opinion, super interesting podcast. And I'm going to do my best to talk super slow. I tend to get excited and talk really fast since there's just so much information in here. But if you like to listen to your podcast a little quicker, I don't know if you all know this, but there is a cool little feature in most podcast listening platforms where you can speed up the video. So it won't hurt my feelings if you want to speed me up. I'm going to try to talk slow. It's going to be a challenge for me. So for the general fitness community, what I recommend you know, to my clients is a goal of muscle hypertrophy. This means your muscles are increasing in size, which helps all sorts of health measures like insulin sensitivity, cardiovascular health, and body composition, right? Makes you look good. I always encourage people to get to a certain muscle size by selecting the most effective exercises for each muscle group and then progressively overloading that muscle by adding more resistance and or more volume as that resistance gets easier. And then once you get to a point that you're happy with the amount of muscle mass you have, you can maintain that by just using the same resistance and or the same volume. Now, the first concern I hear, especially from women, when I say, I want you to have the goal of hypertrophy is that they say, I don't want to get bulky. I don't want to get too big. And I will say that it's actually super difficult to get bulky. You have to put in a lot of effort. You have to eat a lot. And since we tend to lose muscle mass as we age, we really need to resistance train to offset that and hopefully add more muscle. It is so good for your health. So do not be afraid of hypertrophy. And one of the reasons why Evlo, my fitness platform is not only number one, more effective at creating stronger muscles, but number two, usually more joint friendly and will often make your joints feel better is because we understand anatomy, neurology, and physics, and we mesh all of those things together. So ultimately at the end, you notice your muscles get stronger, but your joints feel better because muscles are sensitive to force and exercise is mechanical force being applied to a muscle over and over in repetition, but they are sensitive to the angle dose and intensity of that force. The more precise and intentional that angle dose and intensity, the better that muscle will grow and the better your joints will feel. We've talked a ton about dose and how much to exercise and how to take recovery days and how overdoing it is actually counterproductive and how you don't have to have super long workouts in order for them to be effective. 
But today we're going to talk a bit more about intensity and angle. And I'm going to give you a great tool for increasing the effectiveness of your workouts without adding more resistance or more volume, right? So without lifting heavier weights and, or without, you know, increasing the amount of repetitions that you're doing. Load is super important for results in your workouts. So how much resistance or weight you are holding and the volume or the amount of repetitions and sets you do for each exercise is super important in ultimately getting hypertrophy or stronger muscles. However, I am partial to moderate and light loads. And we're going to talk about this more in a second, but why am I partial to moderate and light loads over super heavy weights? So number one is that it's probably a little less risky on your joints. So this study that I will link in the show notes showed two groups. Group one did a bodybuilder type protocol. So like three sets of 10 getting, you know, close to fatigue or failure by the end of that, by the end of each set. And then group number two did a powerlifting protocol. So they did seven sets of three repetitions. So more sets, but lower repetitions and higher weight at the end the two groups showed similar increases in muscle cross-sectional area. So their muscles in both groups, their muscles increased in size or hypertrophy, but the powerlifting group showed signs of overtraining and joint pain. So the bodybuilder group was able to get similar or maybe even the same results, but without the adverse side effects, the heavy lifters are superior at getting really, really strong. I will say that. So, and because they get good at a specific lift for the purposes of competing. So if you want to get really, really strong because you're going to go compete in a powerlifting competition, then you'll want to do power lifts. But for the general population who just wants to, you know, have the health and aesthetic benefits of more muscle, you don't need to lift super heavy and risk your joint pain. You can hold that moderate weight or use that moderate weight and do a little higher repetitions and still see similar benefits in hypertrophy and muscle size, but you know, potentially without the joint risk. And then, so that's number one reason why I prefer moderate or lighter loads. And then the number two reason is just a practical reason for accessibility, right? Working out from home you might not have access to super heavy weights and machines. So, you know, we got to use what we got to create optimal results. However, moderate load doesn't have to be, you know, holding a medium dumbbell. And this goes back to levers and biomechanics. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about weight and you got to, you know, lift heavy. It's so much less about the weight you're holding and more about how resistance and gravity is loading your muscles. So this will indicate, you know, physics for each exercise will indicate whether the load to the muscle is relatively high, medium, or low for that individual. Okay. So what the heck am I talking about? Let's take two examples of targeting the glutes and compare the force to the glutes using what some would consider a moderate weight in a squat. And then we'll compare that to using a body weight in a step up. And this is an example that I've used a lot, but I think it's 
really powerful at showing that just because you're using or you're holding more weight doesn't necessarily mean that you're getting more work to the muscle that you're targeting. So first a step up. Using my body proportions and my weight, a step up, which doing them the way I recommend, which is not letting your bottom foot touch the floor. So that means you're using kind of all glute and not the non-working leg. The force to the glute in a step up using my body proportions is about 1800 pounds per inch to your glute. In a squat holding 60 pounds, which some people would consider, you know, moderate weight, the force to each glute is about 960 pounds per inch, which is, you know, almost half the force that's going through my glutes in a step up. So basically we've got two exercises. We're trying to target the glute in each exercise. One, we're holding a moderate weight. One, we're just using body weight. And yet the body weight exercise is actually loading the glutes more effectively. So even though it's a body weight exercise, doesn't necessarily mean that it's ineffective and also doesn't mean that it's not a lot of work. So I won't bore you with the math about why there's a lot of differences between these two, but if you're interested, I'll just go over it at a high level. A step up is single-sided. So assuming that you aren't propelling off that back foot, you have to lift more of your body weight. So that's one of the reasons why it's more force. And then number two In the way I teach step-ups, there's a slightly longer moment arm to the glute, which will increase the magnification to the glute. So those are two of the kind of high-level reasons why step-ups are more effective, even though you're using body weight. So this just goes to show that you don't need to get caught up in how much weight you're holding, but the quality of the exercise you're choosing and how fatigued you're feeling in that specific muscle you are targeting after your set. So again, we want to get close to failure, not quite to failure, but we want to get close to failure after every set. You should feel what I call cooked. You should feel pretty cooked after every set. So using moderate weight and getting close to fatigue, again, is my best recommendation for improving hypertrophy. But you can accelerate this process and protect your joints in the meantime by utilizing this principle that I'll talk about today. And it's one that I've introduced in the past called perceived effort, but we're going to talk about it a little bit more via mechanotransduction. Perceived effort is essentially tricking your brain into thinking you're lifting heavier than you are by flexing your muscles as hard as possible. And studies have shown that you can increase muscle size by contracting your muscles as hard as possible, even with light loads. I read a study that I'll link again in the show notes where two groups completed bicep curls. Group one was using 70% of their one rep max. So if you know 20% was as heavy as they could lift for one repetition, let's say they were using 14 pounds. So 70% of their one rep max. The second group was using body weight but was instructed to flex their muscles as hard as possible throughout the entire range of motion. What they found at the end of the study was that both groups increased the size of their muscle due to mechanotransduction, which I'll dissect here more in a moment. So pretty cool, right? The fact that one person was using basically just their body weight and the other person was using a heavy weight Both groups increase the size of their muscle. So it shows the power of using your brain and using perceived effort to flex as hard as possible. 
However, some other studies that I said that I read showed that there seems to be some threshold of load that is required to see really optimal changes, which is about 30% of your one rep max. So let's say you can bicep curl 20 pounds one time. That's your one rep max is 20 pounds. If you use 30% of that resistance, so six pounds and flex as hard as you can, you could potentially still see hypertrophy in your biceps. What's even more effective and what really I preach in all of my Evlo classes is using that moderate weight, that challenging moderate weight and flexing as hard as possible. And the reason this will get you stronger faster is because of mechanotransduction. Mechanotransduction is essentially the process of converting mechanical forces into biochemical activities and gene expression. What the hell? (laughs) What is that? So if you curl a weight, that force from the weight will make your muscle flex. That muscle is flexing through different chemical and electrical signals. And if the stimulus is hard enough, gene expression is triggered to change the tissue in the muscle and make it stronger. So if we can improve our muscle sensitivity to respond to load, we can flex them harder and get them stronger faster. So how do we do that? There's a principle called the Henneman principle, which basically says that muscles will be recruited based on perception of need. So if you pick up something light, your body will recruit a small amount of motor units or the connection between nerve and muscle. Your body always wants to preserve energy, which means it prefers to use the minimum amount of energy to move from point A to point B. So when you pick up something light, your body will recruit the minimum amount of motor units as possible to complete that task. Your body is kind of lazy and it's lazy because it's just trying to keep you safe. It's just trying to preserve your energy. But if you aren't intentionally flexing, your body will only recruit a small amount of muscular fibers and it's less likely to adapt optimally in the way that you want it to. But the same goes for lifting something heavy. Your body prefers to use the minimum amount of energy to complete that movement. It will probably recruit more muscle fibers than if you lifted something light, but it's still going to use the minimum amount unless you are intentionally flexing as hard as you can. So when it comes to exercise, the more muscle fibers we can recruit and bring to the party, the more our body will adapt and change. Makes sense, right? The more fibers that are challenged, the more your body has to lay down new tissue, the bigger our muscles get, the more we increase hypertrophy, the more we see you know, the benefits from strength training. So if we can improve the ability to flex more of our muscle and bring more fibers to the party, even if we aren't increasing the amount of weight we're using, or if we aren't increasing amount, the amount of volume, the sets and the reps, we can get stronger faster. Because everything about stimulating muscle growth and hypertrophy comes from your ability to contract that muscle via the wiring to that muscle. Are y'all with me? (laughs) You can improve the wiring to any muscle in a few ways, but one way is to practice flexing that muscle more often. So let's say you want your glutes to be stronger. 
you can practice flexing your glutes like one at a time with 100% effort, just sitting around or standing around. Like you could do it right now, like flex your right glute as hard as you possibly can. Can you isolate just your glute or are you, you know, using a lot of other muscles around it? You can practice via repetition, you know, frequently throughout your day. Can you just flex that one muscle at a time? And this will increase the wiring to your muscles. And to increase that wiring even more, you can use your hands to like physically palpate them, like touch them. And I know it sounds nuts, but it, what you can do is flex your glute as hard as possible. Flex, 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 see kind of like how hard you can flex it and then completely relax it while you relax it, like physically touch it, like give it like a little massage all around the the belly of the muscle and then flex again. And you'll notice that usually you can flex it harder after you've given it that, um, that physical palpation. Because this gives them what's called mechanoreceptor feedback. I know I'm giving you so many terms in this podcast. Feel free to listen again. And I'll, I'll sum it up at the end with some major takeaways, but I'm just kind of giving it all to you right now. So the palpation gives your muscle mechanoreceptor feedback because your nervous system responds to inputs. When you physically touch something on your body, you stimulate nerves in that area that send messages up to your brain and light up the area of your brain that's responsible for the motor output to that muscle or the muscle contraction. So by palpating and increasing sensory information to the tissue, you can actually increase output or muscular contraction. Pretty cool. So you can do several several repetitions a few times a day. You can do this for any muscle and see if you can improve your ability to contract that muscle on demand so that when you finally do get to your glute workout or, you know, you're doing your step-ups, the glutes are, have stronger wiring. They're ready to go. And one of the perks of the Evelyn membership, if you're an Evelyn member, is that we have muscle activations for different areas of your body. So if you want to improve your neuronal, um, your neuron connection to a certain area and thus improve the strength and hypertrophy in that area, you can take those stability classes frequently so that you improve the wiring to the muscles. And when it, again, when it comes time to work them in class, the wiring is stronger and you can actually get more bang from the bang for your buck in the repetitions that you are doing. In these stability classes, I give you really specific joint positions and palpations to do for different muscles. So if you haven't, if you're an Evelyn member and you haven't explored that, I think it's an awesome place to um, go and explore. So although flexing and squeezing your muscles can really improve results, you know, this perceived effort, you are imagining that you're lifting a lot heavier than you actually are so that, um, the Hindeman size principle triggers more muscle fibers to come to the party, which means your body adapts faster. This is really important. And this can really help you improve the effectiveness of your workout. However, Exercise selection is still key. And I preach this all the time because the angle of the force is very important. You could choose an exercise where the load you're using isn't angled correctly for the muscle that you're targeting and thus not loading the cells and the muscles with as much effectiveness because your muscle cells are really sensitive to the angle of load. And sometimes 
That angle of the exercise can even be risky to surrounding joints, or it can overstrain tissues that you aren't intending to strain. And again, this is one of the reasons why Evlo is not only super effective at increasing the size of muscles, but it's also, you'll also feel better because we are angling our resistance in a way that loads the muscles and doesn't overstrain other, you know, areas of your body, other, other tissues, joints, etc. So again, cells are very sensitive to the angle of load. So we want to place forces at angles that are perpendicular to the muscle fiber that we're targeting. And many popular exercises in the fitness industry don't do this, which is one of the reasons not all exercises are equally effective at mechanotransduction and ultimately creating hypertrophy or increase in size of that muscle. So let's go over an example. An overhead press is an exercise commonly chosen for the deltoids or for the shoulder muscles. However, the load or weight you're holding moves through space and the position of your shoulder and that your arm has to be in makes it difficult to optimally load the deltoid. And in fact, it can compromise the shoulder joint. So an overhead press is not my first choice for targeting the deltoids. Number one, because it doesn't, the angle of force isn't optimal for the deltoids. And then number two, it can sometimes be compromising on the shoulder joint. So why is this? Well, for one, the upper trap is actually loaded. So your, your upper trap is like kind of your big, your big neck muscle. Your upper trap is actually loaded more effectively than the deltoid. And there's nothing wrong with working your upper traps, but a lot of people choose an overhead press to target the shoulders, right? So not necessarily the, the upper traps. When you do any overhead movement that's past like 60-ish degrees of, of that arm abduction or arm out to the side, your scapula or your shoulder blade starts to lift and elevate up towards your head. So this is the natural mechanism of the shoulder, and it should happen because your your scapula has to kind of move out of the way as you lift your arm up to avoid impingement in that shoulder joint. And it also allows muscles like your upper trap to help you generate power as you lift your arm up over your head. So (laughs) please do not drop your shoulders down and back and anything overhead or anything out to the side, but that's a conversation for another day. Just a little tip. I do not recommend dropping your shoulders down and back. I've pretty much dished that cue for my vocabulary, but back to the deltoid. So the deltoid inserts on the arm bone and originates on the scapula. So what happens is as your arm, as you're pressing your arm overhead, not only is the arm bone moving, but the scapula is also moving. And since your deltoid inserts on the arm bone and the scapula, it's like a cat chasing its tail. It's not getting as much work as say the upper trap because both the origin and the insertion of that muscle are moving. It's like a cat, again, like a cat chasing its tail, not as effective for loading the deltoid. And then another issue with this exercise, and there are more than, there are more issues than just these two, is that most people will have to tilt their forearms slightly forward to complete this exercise. So your arms are out to the side. Most people's arm, uh, like forearm will will slightly tilt forward. And this tends to be a more comfortable position for the shoulder, you know, than rather than having the forearm like perfectly perpendicular. Most people don't have that kind of external rotation. It's just not comfortable. So because of this, 
The external rotators like the infraspinatus and the teres minor are unintentionally loaded and often overstrained. So because of the angle of the force, not only are the muscles of the shoulder not targeted as optimally, but other structures like the rotator cuff around the shoulder are potentially compromised. So this just illustrates the importance of angle. Again, muscles are very sensitive to the angle of load. So if we get the angle right, then, and if we get the load right, right? So I angle, angle it correctly by choosing exercises that, you know, manipulate your position with gravity so that most of the force is perpendicular to the fibers that we're targeting. And again, this is a probably a conversation for another day, but if you're an Evelyn member, you don't have to worry because we do, we choose exercises very intentionally for you. So if we do that, then we can use perceived effort to flex as hard as possible, recruiting as many fibers as possible, and then we can see our muscles grow faster. Okay, so let's sum this all up. Hopefully, hopefully you're still hanging with me. Angle is important. This is something that any exercise enthusiast should apply, and it's not common in the fitness industry to understand this, even though it really should be a basic <laughs> and hopefully i am you know using this podcast and my different platforms to educate more fitness enthusiasts and more fitness professionals about this again if you're an evla member you don't have to worry about this because we are choosing exercises for you and then if you want better results learning to improve mechanotransduction through perceived effort flexing as hard as possible in every single rep is the way to go And this will go against what your body wants to do since it would rather conserve energy than use more fibers. So it's going to use as few fibers as possible to get the job done. So you kind of have to go against your body's intuition to flex as hard as possible. Use your brain to really recruit as many fibers as possible. So that is one way to to yield really great results without increasing the volume and without increasing your weight. Outside of your workouts, you can improve the neuronal connection or the neuron connection to your muscles by flexing them and palpating them. Again, learning to flex them one at a time and quote unquote, isolate them. It's there's debate on whether you can isolate any muscle, but thinking about flexing one muscle at a time as hard as possible, relaxing it, maybe giving it a little palpation, doing a few reps like that, doing that a few times a day so that when you get to your workouts, you have a stronger, you have stronger wiring to that muscle and you can utilize that muscle better and flex as hard as you can. And if you're an Evelyn member, you can take stability classes for different joints where I guide you through this entire process. And then what happens is you can tease out any of those exercises and kind of thread them in into your day. So do them more frequently throughout your day. So that is it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to join Evlo, we have a seven day free trial. I'll link that in the show notes. And we also have free classes that I'll link as well. So if you want to give it a go, you know, without putting in your credit card, um, you can just try the free classes. I do recommend doing the free trial since you will have access to the full membership, the free classes, you only get a handful of classes, um, but you can try the method and see how it feels in your body. A lot of people that don't want to join the full membership, but still want to take advantage of the, uh, method and the classes will just do those same classes like over and over from the free classes. And that's can be effective too. Okay. Hope you all have a wonderful day. We will see you all next week. Bye.